Lisboa, Bruxelas, Varsóvia. Europe is us with Dino. Europe is us, but who are we? Stay with us and you'll find out. You're listening to an international podcast focusing on youth, made by a young journalist based in Slovenia, who's working with Euronet Plus, a radio network based in Brussels. And that would be me. My name's Dino. Nice to meet you. Today's theme, young migrants. And why is it important? In 2019 alone, around 33,000 children arrived in southern European countries, of which some 9,000 were unaccompanied or separated from family members on the journey. Since then, an European Parliament resolution EU protection of children and young people fleeing the war against Ukraine has also been passed. The journey of a migrant doesn't end at the goal destination. The struggles go on. Today we'll have a look at the life of a young person after migrating. Today's guest is Rachel Rochelle. She went from Uganda to Sweden. Rachel, tell us more about yourself. My name is Rachel and I'm Congolese, but I'm living in Sweden. Uh, yeah, I'm studying. I'm a student right now as a BIM, uh, building information models. So I'm living in Sweden. I've been here for five years. Moved from my country five years ago, not 10 years ago, because I was living in Uganda first, then I came in Sweden. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm 27 years old. And are you a student now? Yeah, I've been working before that because I'm new in Sweden. So I, I had to learn Swedish first because you had to speak most Swedish if you want to study more uh, or work. So I've been working for four years. Then I had to continue my education because that was my goal, but I couldn't do that because I, my Swedish was not good. So then now I'm ready, so I've started school again. Did you ever go back to Uganda since you left the country? No, I haven't, but uh, the future plan. I've been so busy with uh, all the stuff, language, and I want to continue my uh, studies. Yeah, I haven't. Are you still in contact with family and friends from Uganda? Yeah, I have my family here. My family is here in Sweden. My parents and siblings, my close family, but the rest are not here. Yes, I have friends in Uganda. Yeah, and back in my country, not, but not many friends. Yeah. Sweden is an interesting choice. Why did you and your family choose it? Uh, well, I didn't know much about Sweden in the beginning uh, because I could speak English and French. And I have a family in Belgium. But uh, then when we were living in Uganda, my father wanted us to move, like to start something new. Yeah, but uh, he wanted, we wanted USA because they can speak English. And then uh, it's easy to like, we, like, you feel like, yeah, you can get to know people easily in USA. And then I have a friend there. So like, yeah, America is very nice. We should go there. We should apply to go there. But then my, my father applied in USA and then in Europe because we have a family in Belgium. I have aunties and cousins in Belgium so we can be close to each other. But we didn't want to go to Belgium. Yeah. So then, but it was just by just trying, but then everything went well. So then we moved in Sweden. That was my first time to know about Sweden. Where is Sweden? Like, yeah. yeah I then started to Google and what language they speak. Yeah, that's how I ended up in Sweden. It was like uh, my... Like it's my dream country, but yeah, but I'm living here now. 
It's time for The Watchdog's Perspective, our section in which we present voices of journalists from all over Europe. This time we'll listen to an interview made by our colleague Miriam from ArtDBF, the Belgian public service broadcaster, which is a part of the Euronet Plus network as well. Miriam talked to Saif, who traveled for 11 months to reach Belgium. What is your dream now? My dream is to finish my studies already, and that's it, and to start as a freelancer and have a successful life. What is a successful life? A successful life is when you can help your family. A successful life means being able to help the family in Afghanistan. Finishing school is already a successful life, because there are people who live it like that. And after that, finding a job is also a successful life for me. And there you have it, to live safely here too. Are there any of your friends that you knew who were less lucky? There are plenty of people who have stopped studying because of their work. They go to work to help their family because they have no money there. So it's a bit different. And me, my dad, he never asked me. I know they don't have much money, but he never asked me. He tells me that I have to study. So that's it. Are you more with Belgians or more with Afghans here? At school with Belgians, and when I go home, it's mostly with Afghans. Is it one life with the two or two different lives? It's one life with both, I think. If you have any advice to give, maybe a young person who has just arrived, what would that be? Well, I'd say you should start studying. I know lots of people who are 14, they don't do any work and they get into fights and all of that. I propose to separate all of that, to stay away from it and start their studies. Because we've just left the war. And if we start the war again here, it won't be very good. That's it. We left the insecurity. We're not going to get into trouble here. We're not going to create insecurity with insecurity. That's it. So Saif's dream is to finish his studies. Do you share the same one or do you think of something else when you think about the dreams, Rachel? I think it's to mind my own business. <laughs> I have a job. Yeah. If it's living in Sweden, yes. Yeah, for me, like it's having my... I have my family already around here. That's, I'm so happy about that. So the... Like, uh, finish my studies, starting a family also. Yeah, that's how I say I'm successful. Our yeah. colleagues from Romania talked to Alexandra Krivilaru from JRS, a refugee service in Romania. Let's take a listen. Există o nevoie stringentă. Mai ales că vorbim despre copii și copii care au trecut prin evenimente traumatice, iar JRS România vine în întâmpinarea acestei There is an urgent need, especially since we are talking about children who have gone through traumatic events and the JRS Romania meets this need by organizing individual counseling sessions, both with adults and children, group support for teenagers, which is organized twice a week in Constanta Regional Integration Center. It's amazing to see how people 
people are happy to have a place where they can socialize, talk about traumatic situations they've been through and share their pain. What do most of them think? From the interactions which I have had this year, and they have been extremely numerous, I notice this nostalgia and this hope, this spark which is expressed through. I know that I will return home, but slowly this phrase became, I will make a living here, in Romania. Speranța, acest licăr care se exprimă prin eu știu că mă voi întoarce acasă, dar încet, încet acesta se transformă în eu îmi voi face un rost aici în România. So many young people go from wanting to go back home to thinking about making a living in Romania in this clip we just heard. Was it the same case with you? Did you want to go back home at the start? In the beginning, I wanted to go back. Like, no, I can do it. Like it cold and I can't speak the language everything like everything was so difficult for me but because at that age you know I have a part my parents are so strict so they decide everything but if I was on my own maybe I'll be like no I, I think I want to try another country whereas like maybe we should go in Belgium they speak French we'll be you get used to people because we can speak French yeah That was in the beginning, but with time, when you learn to get the culture, you know, no, people are not bad. That's how they are. Especially like, because for me in Sweden, the young generation is not easy to get along with, but old people, like those ones are the best. They are my favorite. Yeah. So then I started to understand. So it's all about understanding also and to get in the cultures are different. So, and Um, if I was alone here in Sweden, really life could be difficult. But because I have siblings, so it's easy for me. And I feel like I, can, I still have my family. If it's hard to get to know people around, if I have no many friends, so I can still have my family. That's why, yeah, it's okay for me. Let's now get to know you personally, Rachel. What is your favorite memory? Um, my favorite was when I was going to school with my father, driving us to school. That was like my favorite. Yeah. And uh, playing with neighbors, like get all the children together. And the way, like that, that was my favorite, like when going to school. Yeah. What's your worst fear? To lose my family. <laughs> yeah. And your biggest wish? For now, because I'm a student, I'm wishing just to finish my study and get my job. That's the, the wish I have right now. And if you take a look back at the very start of your Swedish journey, what was the toughest for you? Language maybe or finding friends? The toughest was first the weather. Like when you come in, yeah, I'm from a warm country. I grew up like in the sun from January to December. So yeah, it's cold. But I didn't think too much about the culture and those stuff. But things started to change. Yeah, so um, uh, a second thing was uh, the language. But I was happy they can speak Swedish. But the third thing was also the culture was totally different from what I was expecting. So those three things, the weather now is still, now I'm trying, but uh, yeah, the language, not really, uh, the culture, not really. So 
So I would think that those three things were like the main like challenges. But with time, the weather, I'm better now. The weather, I know what to take on. Yeah. Yeah. So the weather was one shock. Any other shocks you faced at the start of your Swedish life? Uh, first of all, the when I came in, like I came from a country where people socialize and all those stuff. It's warm, everybody's happy. Yeah, so when I came in, you know, I'm expecting to be the same thing. Uh, for me, like uh, in my country or in Uganda, back in Uganda, the third thing that I got shocked was in the bus. <laughs> Here in Sweden, when the bus is empty, you can only sit alone. If you go and sit with another person, it's like perverting that person. And I didn't know that. I did not know about that. Because back in my country, when you go like in Uganda, when you go in a bus, uh, like a public transport, you get to talk to people, hey, with the person you're sitting with, uh, if it's a driver, like it's like something is going on. But it's totally different. I remember one day went in a bus with my brother and then he sat like in a person but not talking to each other, but the, the guy was like, she was so scared. Like she was like so scared because it's something everybody knows here. When you enter the bus or a tram, if uh, a place is empty, the places are empty, you don't have to come and sit too near the pers a person. You have to be alone. Yeah, then we didn't know about that, but I got to know about, about that later on. Another thing is about greeting people, like just greeting someone in a way. Um, where I come from, if you are neighbors and uh, or if you live in the same area or if you buy like a, you uh, a store on to a store, if you used to buy to that store, you can get to be friends. And uh, I remember one day uh, because I grew up where you can only say hi to anyone. Hey, like morning. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. So I remember one day I said hey to someone and then she said yay. And then she, she stared at me. Maybe I want to ask something. She kept looking at me. I looked at her and then like, maybe she, I want to know like where or somewhere like, no, I just wanted to greet us. Oh, thank you. And yeah. So that was like, shocked me too much. And people are really cold here. Yeah. Inside to my mind. Yeah. But I got to understand later on because of the way in the beginning, you know, I thought it was like maybe discriminating, but no, I got to understand it's something, something to do with their culture. I heard that paperwork can be an issue as well. Was it the case with you as well? Uh, I think in school, been a challenge in school because I didn't know my, my uh, gymnastics, like secondary school, I didn't do it here in Sweden. So I had to repeat almost everything. I can speak English, but I had to to show uh, where I'd learned English or just had to learn everything here. Yeah. So language has been a really challenge. So, yeah. And uh, I'm studying. It's not what I plan to study, but because I couldn't get the place where I applied because I didn't know my studies here in Sweden. So when I wanted to go to the university, so it's like to check who did the university here and uh, who did it outside. So it's a, uh, that you don't have a big chance to go to university easily. But uh, I'm happy I go to place, but it's something else that I did not expect, but yeah. So that has been a challenge. With school, especially with papers, uh, yeah, no problem. Or if I don't have a Swedish passport, but I've applied, but it's been now two years waiting. 
So, but uh, hoping maybe, yeah, I don't know. I tried to call, but uh, yeah, so I cannot travel for now because of that. Thank you very much, Rachel. And thank you all for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and listen to what we have to say because Europe is us. Lisboa, Brussels, Varsava, Varsava.